Hey folks, you thought we were all dead. Well, we're not. We were just waiting and biding our time until suddenly we appeared in your podcast feeds once again, like the weird little post-Halloween zombies that we are. Hi, I'm Justin. With me is Heather, Al, and somebody else. Hey. Surprise. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's me, Thomas. Remember, I'm a part of this podcast. I've been here for a while. Who? Uh, Did anyone else just hear that? Jogger (laughs) memories. And I'd like to clarify, we're only still alive in this timeline. Um, I think there are a few others where it didn't go so well. Yeah. The, The other timeline. Yes. So, here we are. Season three, episode four, Remedial Chaos Theory. And uh, it's it's got a bit of a reputation this episode. It sure does. Yeah, the best episode ever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to be interested to. I think maybe this is an end of show discussion. To have but when we get through the entire run, to go back and say, was this really the best one? Is this your favorite one? I don't know if we can really make that call right now. Oh, I, I would I would wager that this is probably not everybody's absolute favorite best number one episode of Community, but it does seem to be rather well liked. And, uh, yeah, it reminds me of like, uh, I mean, I think of everything in terms of Doctor Who. So <laughs> in terms of Doctor Who, it makes me think of Blink, the episode that is like a universal favorite and everyone just loves it and says, oh, you should watch that episode even if you've never seen the show. And I think it's good, but it's like, you know, it's, you know, maybe not like a personal favorite. It's like an ambassador episode. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the funny thing about Blink is it's it's a really good episode, but it's not a very good representative of Doctor Who. Yeah. It doesn't even have, yeah, the main <laughs> cast in it much. So True. So uh, Abed and Troy get their first apartment and uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. I was just going to ask you guys, do you have fond memories of like your first place that you lived you know your your own place not a dorm or anything like that but your own first apartment or first house that you ever had no i don't no. okay <laughs> our, our great discussion was, topic Justin. i mean our first place so my, my first place that i lived outside of home was right after my ex and i got married and we were living on base housing in chicago during mm. the winter and no it was miserable there (laughs) okay (laughs) well i had well there was a room i was renting from a friend of mine there was he bought a giant house like a four hundred thousand dollar house 15 years ago and got four of his friends to move in with him so that was really fun i have lots of good memories of that but that was really just me renting a room technically my first apartment i have good memories attached to it but the walls were so thin that um the neighbors could hear me snore. Oh, no. Yes. And so oh. my downstairs neighbor started banging on the ceiling with presumably a broomstick or something when I would sleep at night. Oh, um, no. Yeah. So that was that was less great. I had a haunted apartment. That was Ooh. my first one. What? It was actually, it was pretty cool. It was the second floor of a house, you know, they just kind of chopped the house in half and, you know, two two apartments. And it was it was uh, my fifth year of college. So 
A lot of people go to college for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Uh, so it was my fifth year, and I finally got to move off campus. Our, our college didn't let you until your, your fifth year if you were still there. And um, so I got this little apartment, and I was so happy. And it was, it was decent, but it, I, I was convinced it was haunted. So first time living completely by myself, <clears throat> that the lights in the hallway would flicker on and off, like just randomly. You know, just random times I'd be sitting there and they'd be flickering. And then things would be moving around in my kitchen. And I would just hear things move. And then I'd see cups move. And I'm like, what is this? I'm living in a haunted place. And, of course, they had a very rational explanation. The things moving in the kitchen were, of course, mice. Uh, So I had a mouse problem. They were coming up through my stove. I did not know that. Um, And then the lights. used the stove very much, I guess. No, I did not. And the lights were because the downstairs neighbors had a light switch that was attached to the upstairs hallway. Apparently, whenever they would hit their lights, they would also sometimes flick on or off mine. Oh. So, you know, it was it was haunted for a little bit. But. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this. We have so much to talk about. You don't want to hear us amble ramble on and on about our past when we have such a delightful array of timelines in front of us uh here to present our summary today is that one guy who showed up that one time and we've just kind of adopted him and kept him on the podcast so thomas take it away man right okay i was worried you were gonna say that because i just realized yeah if it's me i don't have anything prepared but i can tell you a bit about this episode anyway I, I didn't you write me. that it was supposed to be al on <laughs> was it al yes yeah. oh it was al <laughs> you know why i'm thinking thomas i told thomas about the time never mind thomas Long time pipe ago. down simmer down oh, that took me sit back, back. To english class <laughs> listen to the major the the master of uh summary stock so al i'm sorry just picture everyone in the audience naked thomas it makes it better <laughs> we haven't done this in a month we're a little rusty you guys have to give us a, a little bit of grace go ahead al i'm sorry all right so this is community season three episode four remedial chaos theory written by chris mckenna directed by jeff melman the gang is gathered for a housewarming at Troy and Abed's new apartment. And everyone has just settled down to play the sport of kings, Yahtzee. Pies are in the oven, the police are on the iPod, and the conversation is naturally drifting towards Eartha Kit when the pizza arrives at the front of the building. Jeff rolls a die to determine who should go down and get the pizza, creating six alternate timelines where the night unfolds without one member of the group. Will Britta get busted for smoking pot in the bathroom? Will Jeff get a gaping head wound? Will the gang risk death and dismemberment at the hands of a Norwegian troll doll so the rest of us can use the phrase the darkest timeline in daily conversation? Will anyone eat Shirley's pies? It all depends. So load your gun, grab some pizza, and enter the multiverse of madness on tonight's episode of Community. <laughs> Love it. That was a good summary. It's similar that to what I was going to say. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. I, I first thought I would do the I would do the same thing six times, and then I decided that was way too much work. <laughs> that would have taken a while. Yeah. I I wonder how many people use that phrase, "the darkest timeline." Know what it's referring to? Like where the source came from? It's really kind of permeated like the pop culture lexicon now. It's just sort of an internet mm-hmm. phrase. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. So we have kind of. 
essentially a bottle episode in a brand new location. And uh, we also have kind of like if you're looking at it, it's just a a show that's taking maybe a five minute stretch of time and showing you how everything would be completely different if one person was absent, as Al said. So it's it's kind of examining this whole multiverse thing back in 2011 before every single TV show and movie was doing multiverses. And, oh, I am so sick of multiverses at this point. But but it's so fun to say. Is it? Okay. Multiverse. As long as Multiverse. Al is happy, we're happy. So let's talk about their new apartment. This It was weird watching this episode. I thought it's this apartment is just like a new permanent set piece for community. And we end up staying here for so much. I just was like, oh, we haven't been to this apartment yet in the show. But it's such a familiar location, having watched all this this show, that it was really nice to finally get there. And uh, I was pausing. I'm sure you guys were, too, checking out all the decorations and all the little bits and bobs. What would it be like if Troy and Abed finally moved in together, had their own place? What would it look like? It looked pretty cool. The Did Andy you guys Warhol catch- Troy... painting i guess was fantastic did you guys catch the bit of trivia about the apartment number the 303 like what's the bit of trivia 303 versus 304 this episode was supposed to be episode 303 and then they had to move it around on the timeline they had to move around production because the the special effects weren't finished and it became 304 so okay. they stuck that bit at the front of the episode. I was wondering what that was about. I even wrote it down because I thought, oh, that might come up later. I didn't remember this episode well enough, but oh, that's cool. Yeah. I only knew that because Amazon Prime told me when I was pausing. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a nice little bit of trivia. Neat. So any any other details from their apartment you want to shout out? Because I'm sure you were checking out some of that. They got a Greendale flag in there. It's <laughs> just why not? I like all the photos of themselves. They have them in their Kentucky Fried Chicken like spacemen, uh, spaceship white outfits. Aww. Yes. Yeah. And the Old West, too. Yes. We keep going back to that Old West. Uh, the toga party. There's a toga party there. It was That's hard awesome. to see some of the other ones. Like, But yeah, they're all in. <laughs> they have so many pictures of the two of them. I love it. <laughs> I love that they're all framed. It looks nice. It's not like my college dorm we framed nothing it was oh i've got a i got a page for my far side daily calendar i'm just gonna tape that to the wall there i've decorated the women are going to be very impressed when they come over (laughs) we had a giant banner we stole from outside a liquor store and decided to write quotes and sharpie all over the banner over the course of the year (laughs) we stopped after two so there are just two quotes scribbled in marker (laughs) on a giant bud light banner that's a lot of work scribbling on that so i hear you i think they had a kick puncher detroit poster too yeah isn't that from op-ed's dorm room yeah and didn't he did have it i'm sure and they have like two really nice comfy recliner chairs going on i'm like yeah man i would love to just snuggle down in one of those and watch tv with op-ed that would be awesome mm, i also love their outfits they've dressed up for this get together with some nice jackets and like a is it a cravat or like a <laughs> thing? ascot i think jeff's like you know the ascot or something he makes uh, some reference yeah, to yeah. they look like they belong on the love boat 
<laughs> and the grins. Oh, those. Like, if you saw somebody grin like that, you would just turn and run away. Yeah, that was quickly. horrifying. <laughs> like, the whole thing has, like, this, this 70s vibe to it. All the wood paneling. Yeah. The bathroom is, like, this ugly lime green. The terrible wallpaper in the kitchenette. Yeah. I think my favorite thing in the apartment is Shirley's apron that says he is risen with a cross <laughs> made out of baguettes. And the crossbred. Yeah. Oh, the pastor in me was just grinning so much at that one. I was like, oh, Justin needs that. <laughs> hey, Christmas is coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'd wear it in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like. So they, they want to do a very fancy party. They studied up on it, they read a book. I love that. Rule number two, avoid touchy topics like the Negro problem. The book was written in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> I like whenever, uh, I don't know, somebody says something horrifying or whatever, Abe just kind of acknowledges it like, yeah. <laughs> it just goes on. Uh, and Shirley showed up, speaking of Shirley, she showed up at three. Uh, t- time flies when you're baking. <laughs> I love the way that they announced that. She showed up at three. Three. (laughs) Time flies when I'm baking. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) They really made Shirley annoying in this episode. Yeah. I know we try to be kind to Shirley when we can, but it was almost like they just flipped a switch and said, you're going to be super annoying baking woman today. Yeah, that Uh, came out of nowhere, right? I don't recall her ever having a baking problem. She bakes, but yeah, that's it. What do you guys think? Is there any indication that this was? Well, she has that the gooey brownie marketing thing mm-hmm. back in season one. I mean, uh, and I just, uh, well, I struggle to believe that what she's baking is that bad. Like it visually looked quite good in this episode. I was like, oh, I'd have one of those mini pies. Uh, the pies look good well in that one uh uh, the timeline where britta eats the pie i i came to understand or at least my thoughts were that it's not that her food does not taste good it's that she has a baking problem and she just baked like as if it was an addict thing and they were trying not to encourage her (laughs) she made a ketchup and cream cheese pizza yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, that's crossing a Rubicon for me to be perfectly honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm now. Now you're right. I'm confused. Kind of serious. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, we, ordered we ordered pizza. pizza. We ordered real pizza. He <laughs> said, pizza. and she's okay. <laughs> yeah, she is committing so many party fouls. You know, you don't don't show up super early. You don't take over somebody's kitchen. You don't start shoving your own food on them. And I'm just wondering if like there's some sort of weird backstory with like her day. Like, is she a She's so tired of taking care of the baby. She just needs to leave the house. and Or is this like her outlet? She, she really just really wanted to shine. And this is her moment to make a whole bunch of pies. And I don't know. It just it was it's a really weird spot in an otherwise pretty immaculate episode in terms of like characterization. Mm-hmm. I thought all the other characters are pretty spot on. But she's the one who suddenly kind of jukes into a weird territory. Well, it's a weird bit of character development, I guess, but I can totally understand feeling out of place in the group, which we know she kind of does, and feeling like this is how people like me. They like me when I give them things that are tasty, and I know I can make things that are tasty, so this is just going to become a thing that I do. 
But we didn't really see that happen. We jumped from, from like step A to step, you know, T. Step crazy, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what did she say? Um, you know, it's hard being a married woman in the middle of a group of horny toads. Make googly <laughs> eyes at each other. <laughs> Who make googly eyes at each other. That's a great line. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jeff comes in. And he's Everybody's kind of really enthusiastic. They've got little housewarming gifts. And Jeff's, Jeff's kind of being a tiny little bit of a jerk here to them he's he sees that that awesome uh, raiders of the lost ark diorama they've got going on uh, diorama by the way let's just acknowledge that and, and, hmm. and, oh, yeah. and bask in that and he says uh indiana jones in the apartment of perpetual virginity and i love Troy's. ah ha ha chop busted fellow adult yeah <laughs> troy gets great lines in this episode he's, yes he he's does that's awesome. good I also like Britta's comments about the um, about the the Raiders <laughs> stuff. She's like, "It's super cool and sexy, super sexy cool," <laughs> and he's like, "Overselling it." <laughs> yeah, right. I think they've done other, you know, putting Shirley aside. Whether or not you think that was something that was informed by her past characterization, I think they do a lot of good work in taking little bits of people's past from past episodes and leading it into kind of more exposing it in this episode. Like Britta, we've talked about in the past, there's been indications she's a bit of a druggie, but now we get, you know, outright, she's, she's pretty high most of the episode. Um, or how Annie's been living in a really scary apartment and that kind of comes out, uh, you know, she has a gun and, um, she's really worried about living by herself um or or pierce i thought this was really good like how pierce is low-key furious that troy moved out and he what what does he say early on he's like he removed troy from all their portraits right <laughs> oh yeah and, uh, that. yeah so we kind of concentrate on the 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 Norwegian troll, which he knows terrifies <laughs> Troy. And I, I love, I can't imagine how scared Troy must have been living with him and having this thing all the time staring at him. But uh, I love that. You know, he just, he kind of wants, he's, this is like Loki uh, Pierce villain from season two. You know, like he's, he's upset me. He's dissed me. I must get my revenge and my revenge will be a troll. And yeah. It's it's not like super villainous, but it's it's there. I like this level of villain Pierce. The, yes. this this is on the level of him in the hospital bed, just messing with everybody hmm. for his own amusement, I guess. Um, so I, I like this this level of pettiness. But he also has to bring in that rum that he really hopes is going to impress Jeff because he also can't seem to get over that. Now the Amazon Prime. Little note said that in, in the acrylic label says generic rum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought was a that's too funny. Touch. Yeah. So um, yeah, as as we kind of inch our way toward the multiverse segment here, um, we, I love that Abed creates a fake club so that Jeff keeps his calendar open for the party. Mm -hmm. like, Abed is so observant, and he knows Jeff is going to try to weedle his way out of the party so he just uh creates this unbelievably awesome club invite for jeff and then knows that jeff will just have his calendar free which is awesome 
It took Jeff saying the name of it out loud. Boobs and Billiards Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds silly once you say it out loud, but you read it and it sounds perfectly <laughs> legit. <laughs> yeah. So you said that the special effects were what held this episode up, right? That, that, that was the. It's what I was told. So I'm going to guess that's primarily the dice tossing up into I the. Assume so. Yeah, that's the the big multiversal dice. What do you guys think about the timeline board? I thought it was kind of neat. Interesting way to to visually portray moving into different timelines. Great conversation. I don't think I noticed it. (laughs) It's a really clever little way to to go between scenes. Yeah, it's neat. So, yeah, they get um, the whole idea here is that the pizza guy's here and Jeff rolls the dice to see... Who at the table is going to go get it? And uh, in different timelines, it's a different person who goes, and that changes all the outcomes. So we get seven different timelines over the course of this episode, which is pretty impressive. Like, this is a 21-minute episode. They have to set it up, get this whole situation set up, and then suddenly launch into these different timelines and quickly move through them without it making seem like it's, it's a rush. So we see some of the things happening in almost every single timeline, like the... The Roxanne, the Jeff hitting his head, but not always, you know, like sometimes things change a little bit and uh, sometimes they change a lot. So we can go. I don't know how we want to talk about this. You, did, did you ever feel like the timelines got a little bit too repetitive or did it flow very well? Or what do you think? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't find it repetitive. But this is only the second time I've watched this episode in 10 years, so I was okay with it. I think it's really fun. I I don't think it's repetitive. I think you have the sort of the baseline one, which is Annie is first, right? Yeah. Or or minus Annie. And then everything else, it's not repetitive to me because you're constantly looking for the Jeff thing, the Jeff hitting his head on the fan and then realizing, oh, hey, that didn't happen. Why didn't that happen? Oh, because this is different this time. I don't know. I was constantly entertained by that. I was worried they were going to make poor Britta do the pizza, pizza, me so hungry dance seven <laughs> so times. Bad. But luckily they did I would have been okay with that. <laughs> I just love that so dance. I was like, poor lady. Oh, no. Pizza, pizza, go and tell me me so hungry, me so hungry. <laughs> oh. That's something that's carried into my everyday life and i've you know said it a few times over the years when i've been having pizza with a group of people and it is awkward when people don't know the reference <laughs> how often do they get the reference they i'm surprised how little they've gotten the reference like Ooh. most times people have been like all right <laughs> oh, are you doing the dance properly or something <laughs> maybe i'm doing it wrong yeah yeah, there's nothing worse than making an awesome reference and people just don't get it, and then they just look at you. Yeah, I, I know. Once I used the, the that um, earlier community quote where Jeff says like disappointing you is like strangling Bambi with a chain or something like that. I don't. <laughs> oh. And I said that once, and I, like the person just looked at me horrified. I'm like, it's <laughs> a TV a quote. One to it's... Go for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, me, so I've never used that one again. That's so. probably for the best. <laughs> I like uh, I like when Abed's at the bathroom, the first timeline, and Britta comes out, and he's like, smells weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Britta's like, you can't say that. 
<laughs> Even though it's, you know, clearly it does smell pretty weird. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the toilet olives, but there are oh, olives. Oh, yeah, the toilet I olives. I meant to go back and look at that with the with the captions on. They did say toilet olives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fancy party. It's a fancy yeah. party. Of course there are toilet olives. <laughs> we, we can see who's never been to a fancy party in this group. <laughs> I wonder how many community fans, you know, put a bowl full of olives on their toilet whenever they have a party. Just, just on the off chance somebody gets it. Don't eat those. Don't buy the plastic please. ones. Buy the plastic ones. Okay. Yeah. Are there plastic olives? There have to be. There's plastic grapes. Same shape, right? Okay. Amazon probably has it. I don't know. Yeah. Troy finds Annie's got a little six shooter, a pea shooter. Uh, Pierce calls it, but he's she's got a gun and he's uh, like, yeah. "What does what does a pregnancy test look like?" So this is a gun, right? <laughs> I think that's line of the episode for me. It was such a good misdirect. Like, you think it's setting up the pregnancy test, and then it's just a gun. It's just a gun. <laughs> Those were the two options of things it could be. All right. So I did some quick research, and Amazon does sell 30 fake mini olives made of foam for twelve ninety nine. All right, again, Christmas is coming up. Let's buy each other (laughs) some olives. I could have them by Sunday if you order in the next three hours and 20 minutes. Now, I am uh, obsessed with iPods. (laughs) Okay. I just kind of am. I'm I'm on a weird retro music tech kick. Like, between iPods and CD players, I'm like, this is... I'm just I'm re- rewinding the clock. So I was so pleased to see an iPod in this episode. It's 2011, I think, is when they had this episode. So yeah, obviously this is still part of culture. I'm like, oh, I miss iPods. Like being like you just brought your your iPod and you're playing it, and it's that was that was fun instead of your Spotify, your Apple Music. Please come on. So, yeah. I've definitely learned now that again now that I have a toddler that. She wants to listen to music means I can't use my phone for the next 45 minutes because we have to have the Kaboomers or whoever playing on repeat. (laughs) So, yeah, I kind of miss a music-specific device in my home. They're still available pretty easily. Are they really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I bought two this past year. As I said, kind of obsessed. People people modify them. There's a whole community out there because iPods are very easily easy to modify, open up. So they take out, they replace the battery, and they also replace the physical hard drives with solid state. And yeah, they work beautifully. And people, I think they look amazing. They still have such a cool form factor. And there's something about having a dedicated music player with a really cool interface that we just kind of lost along the way with phones and touchscreens and all that. So... But again, you, you nobody cares, so I'm just gonna shut up at this point. And we can talk about timeline two. Uh, this is the timeline where Shirley goes down. She has a baking problem. This is when we everybody talks about it. Uh, nobody goes and checks on her pies in the oven, so the pies get toasted in this timeline. And uh, Troy opens the gift to find the Norwegian troll doll. Do you guys think this was a creepy doll or not? 
it's hideous i mean i don't know if i'd be creeped out by it except that scene where it's standing amongst the flames it looked very creepy there but otherwise i just thought it was hideous what does troy say it used to watch me sleep yeah i wonder if pierce like kept moving it around in the house once he figured out that troy was freaked out about it like kept putting it in his room that's a very pierce thing to do yeah yeah I didn't think it's the most hideous troll doll I've ever seen, but um, it's a creepy thing to just kind of encounter, though. At least it, yeah. I, it is to me. Pierce really created a nice box, though. That 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 was the nicest gift wrap present that I think anybody brought into the the apartment. So, you know, yeah. Um, Jeff says you're not allowed to have baking things as an identity. A point of question. Is that true or not? I don't know why she shouldn't be allowed to have that as an identity. I don't see the problem with that. Benefits everyone. Yeah, exactly. This is, yeah. uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Well, yeah, it's just, um, we'll probably get into more. Like, is is Jeff the worst person in this group? Uh, This episode maybe kind of puts that forward as an idea, seeing as... It's when Jeff goes that things are good. So it's, is Jeff the big downer here that's just insulting people and not letting them be who they want to be? I, uh, my stupid microphone. Sorry, guys. Yes, I would say so. <laughs> oh, he's so really hard answered. on people. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, he's, he belittles everybody around him. Mm. And that's, that's really coming out. Like he's, he's too cool for school and, you know, like when, when Britta starts singing Roxanne and he keeps cutting her off again and again, all, you know, six of the seven timelines, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that's a good show. You know, like, let somebody have fun. Just because it's not your idea of fun, so what? You know, like, or, you know, him going off on Shirley and the whole pie thing. Yeah, she, she wasn't really reading. She shouldn't have done all this, but so what? If she's not hurting anything, just let her bake some pies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You said it. Though Jeff did have the restraint to not say nervous bake down. So <laughs> I love the little moment in the second timeline when uh, they're all kind of like Shirley's getting ready to go. Everybody's been yelling and Pierce just quietly takes the troll doll and puts it right next to Troy's face. So then when he turns and he kind of freaks out a little bit. <laughs> Just in case he hadn't seen it the first time. All right, timeline three. Pierce goes down. We haven't talked about how Pierce's thing is talking about a, a certain encounter with Eartha Kit, which kind of makes sense because if the episode order was kind of flipped around, he makes this reference in an earlier episode to Professor Kane. Remember that when they're all coming in, they're like, "You don't know much about the group. We had we were on a spaceship and we did this." And Pierce is like, "And I had sex with Eartha Kit in an airplane bathroom," and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And maybe it was like a, a callback or call forward to this episode where he just keeps mentioning it and trying to work it into every conversation. <laughs> um, but he even manages it to do it when he's leaving. So. Well, like I said in my recap, the conversation was was naturally going there, so. <laughs> uh, we get a lot of a lot of Andy and Jeff shipping in this episode. A lot of making eyes, googly eyes at each other. 
Yeah, there's this this timeline. They're definitely inching in that direction. But Jeff makes fun of Troy this time, and Troy storms off into the bathroom with Britta, and they have a, a bathroom conversation, as as one does. Uh, with, with candy cigarettes. Oh, it's so beautiful when he takes out that awesome cigarette case, and Britta's like, oh, you smoke, and he just puts it right in his mouth and eats it. That's like, I love you, Troy. Never change. Just never change. <laughs> It, this is kind of an interesting timeline because it feels like Pierce leaves and everybody gets to have a nice time. But then every bit, every nice moment they have in here manages to break down on its own anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually like Pierce is the is the cause the, the the cause of all of their troubles. Yeah, or or the bowl of olives, olives, bowl of olives. You can't say bowl of olives very fast without slurring it. Uh, yeah, Dr. Shirley says that mini pies are the best medicine, and I'd like to see her degree. <laughs> can't help himself. You really can't. Uh, we do find out that I, I like that Britta. Britta really has Jeff's number in a way. Like when he she's talking to Troy, and Troy's like, you know, Jeff just keeps treating me like a kid, and I don't really like that. And, and she's like, yeah, he's got issues. He keeps all his toiletries locked under his sink in a safe. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like there's there's another little bit of character development or callback. Like Britta and Jeff, you know, Britta's probably been over to Jeff's place a lot. And she she has observed this about him. So then we get Troy and Britta making some googly eyes, too. So that happened. Mm-hmm. All right, timeline four. Hey, we're already up to four. Britta goes down in this one. So nobody's going to be smoking any sort of doobies in the bathroom. And there's no music without Britta. It's just quiet. Yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, so Troy Troy gets to start out by saying, like, you guys are my best. And he gets cut right off. Um, yeah, and, and then, poor Troy winds up being uh, assaulted by the troll doll. <laughs> Feel the terror of the Norwegian troll. Uh, I like how he's Pierce is wielding the troll like it's this um, like a crucifix against the vampire. <laughs> or something. Uh, and, but we find I love, out. I, I go ahead. I, I love how. When we've, because uh, at this point we know that it, we've, that the Norwegian troll is in the in the gift box. Uh, I love that they then in these later timelines kind of show Pierce's face a bit more when he hands over the box, and we get to see and understand why Pierce is looking so uh, excited and <laughs> vengeful in his eyes when he hands this over to to Troy. It's it's exciting. It's it's fun, like having more knowledge than the characters on these later ones. It's kind of like a form of uh, Chekhov's gun, although we do actually have a Chekhov's <laughs> yeah, gun in this episode too. <laughs> but yeah, you know that like there is that thing in there, and it's going to completely freak Troy out if he sees it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we find out a lot in this timeline a lot of like little more character background details. Um, 
again, it kind of reinforces Pierce has this really ugly grudge against Troy for leaving him and moving in with Abed. I'm sure he like he felt like Troy was like his in to being cool, and he he got to hang out with him all the time, and now sure. he doesn't even have that. But we also find out like Annie said <laughs> she had to apply a, a tourniquet to a guy who got stabbed outside her building. Uh, so a little bit more of this reinforcing that she doesn't live in the best place. Um, yeah. It, it's so interesting throughout this episode. And yeah, particularly here, we've got like Jeff and Annie and uh, Troy and Pierce having like conversations they would only have when no one else is in the room. And they we had to wait until they were alone in the room together before they would say these things to each other and... It's just so interesting, yeah, how everyone behaves differently depending on who else is around. Hmm. I think it's a sign of strong characters. You know, I mean, there's plenty of shows with casts of, you know, six, seven, eight main characters that don't flesh them out well enough where you could do this and actually have them have conversations and interactions that make sense. Very true. Kind of reminds... Go ahead. Oh, that's all I had to say. Very true. Reminds me of that that great Gwyneth Paltrow opus, uh, Sliding Doors, right? Where one little thing changes, you know, has that butterfly effect where it just kind of changes everything subsequently that follows. And you kind of, it does make you kind of wonder, like, if I did A instead of B in my life, uh, or even today, what would have, what would have been gone different? You know, like sometimes we get paralyzed with indecision, um, Maybe we just need Jeff rolling a dice for us all the time. I don't know. Because here, Britta falls in love with Toby, the pizza delivery guy. (laughs) I love this guy's beard. It is so... It's a choice. Yeah. Uh, But it looks exactly like uh, the kind of beard a a full-time pizza delivery guy would have. Uh He would marry some random girl who just came. And Down. another little IMDb fact is uh, that this was Gillian Jacobs's. I almost said Gillian Anderson again. Gillian oh. Jacobs' uh, boyfriend at the time. Oh, oh really? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she could do so much better. <laughs> well, I really love that we finally get to see him after we've had three other timelines of people talking about the pizza guy and what he looks like and what their impression of him is. Yeah. <laughs> But I would kill to see the conversation that the two of them have that leads to marriage within less than 10 minutes. Yeah. I love his, I love what he says. There are other timelines. <laughs> he doesn't know Abed. He's going he's gonna to have to get up to speed on that. And I can All see right, why t- in an earlier timeline, Annie said uh, the pizza guy was really creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't really track that as much. I should go back and... Pay attention. There's a lot of details to pay attention to. It really reminds me. Forget sliding doors. Forget I, I said any of that. It reminds me a lot of um, Back to the Future. I think one of the things I really admire about the first Back to the Future film is it's so detail oriented and how much it has to set up everything in the first like 10, 15, 20 minutes for the whole leaping back in time and all of the subsequent details and the connections to make sense. Like the sheer amount of stuff that they have to convey to the audience so that upon rewatching, you start to make all those connections like, you know, Mayor Goldie Wilson's car. And then you meet Mayor Goldie Wilson in the past. And 
um, all these different things. So I, f- I feel like this is a smaller, much smaller scale, but they really thought out. I would not be surprised if they had like all sorts of diagrams and flow charts kind of charting out like who would have done what when, you know, different people go away. So yeah, you would have to. Yeah. It feels kind of like a choose your own adventure book, except a, you know, in 22 minutes. Yeah. That's always freaked me out. Did they scare any of you when you were kids? Choose your own adventure? Yeah, some of those you get killed or the the mm. illustrations were a little freaky. No? I didn't read I any of them. the traditional ones. I read the Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure ones. I used to get the Indiana Jones ones out of the library. <laughs> they had so so many cool ones. Heather Heather's hardcore, by the way. Let's just acknowledge that. She <laughs> went straight to Goosebumps. The hardcore Goosebumps, yeah. It's a hop and skip and a jump from there to being a full-time mutant reviewer. That's mm-hmm. yeah. what, what would have your life been different if you had a normal choose your own It's a real sliding doors moment. Yeah. All right, we get to timeline number five, the darkest timeline. I don't I love the that we could not have had this timeline earlier on. All these little details, everything had to be set up in place for this complete disaster of a timeline to take place. But it does. It's and it's really just kind of a uh, what am I thinking of? A uh, Goldberg, Rube Goldberg? Rube Goldberg. Yeah, it's kind of one of those chain reaction things where Troy goes down, and as he's getting the pizza, one thing happens and it chains into another thing, and it happens and it chains. And the uh, the what starts it all is Troy accidentally knocks the the boulder down, and it whatever reason they built this diorama so the boulder just falls right off the table i don't understand that either and they they put indy at the bottom so it's gonna if it rolls down it's gonna destroy their little indy that they made yeah poorly so annie trips on the boulder the bottle smashes annie's gun goes off in her purse pierce gets shot in his leg uh a really serious like arterial shot uh, Shirley gets drenched in blood. I love that little. It's such a gory little moment, but it's uh, <laughs> it's great. Britta's joint. <laughs> she comes out of the bathroom. Her joint falls down. It lights the generic rum. Uh, then the troll box catches fire, and Tro- Troy returns, and he sees this whole tableau of fire and troll and um, and Pierce's being shot and screams and yeah. And Jeff's taken off his shirt and waving it around on fire. <laughs> the best detail is when they're like, go get help, Abed. And Abed pauses to put Indiana Jones back. Perfect. And then goes. Perfect. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so dark, but it's so funny. I love And the, the, like you mentioned, the blood. The, the sheer quantity of blood is just quite unexpected for this show, and that's just delightful. It's shocking. <laughs> like, how bad things go, how quickly. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, you, any of you guys watch um, Happy Endings? Have you, you ever seen that? Uh, no. no. I'm all by myself on this one. Yep. Uh, okay. You gotta watch it. It's awesome. Three seasons and no movie. But it was... It was one of the more underrated sitcoms and they had i think their season two opening they're all they're all in a honeymoon suite all six of them there's it's like a weird take on friends but all six of them are hanging out in a honeymoon suite because somebody was going to get married and they didn't and 
it very quickly, like incredibly quickly goes bad. You got like people with shellfish allergies starting to strangle and somebody gets stabbed in the, the leg and there's blood. And Gosh. But instead of like continuing to go bad, like one person just quickly like resolves all of it at once. Like, you know, puts a tourniquet on the leg and, and gets an EpiPen for the person. And like it reminded me a lot of this, except it got solved. Whereas this just apparently kept on going. We find out in the end credits. Hmm. Uh, but I will... Stop talking about that, and we'll just coast on. Anything else you want to say about the horrible fire blood massacre of Timeline 5? Well, uh, that's a good point. (laughs) It's, um, well, it's a thing we find out at the end again, but I feel like just worth mentioning while we're thinking about this amazing moment where everyone's in this situation is that apparently then Troy's next move after saying you and shouting no is swallowing the troll. <laughs> the so, shot it's the only way to be sure. And looking at the troll and the troll, as Heather said, the troll doll read in flame. He's like, you! <laughs> <laughs> because from his perspective, he had no idea the troll was mm-hmm. there. It just, you know, I'm sure Troy just thought the troll appeared and made all this happen. <laughs> and that was that was a logical step in his mind, and oh, it's beautiful, just and beautiful. It's heartbreaking because Troy, you know, said he wanted to be quick. He was going to run down and run back up because he didn't want to miss a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he should have run faster or slower and not knocked the ball over. Also worth mentioning that this. Uh, the darkest timeline here gives us the gif of Troy with the pizzas and his eye, his eyes the size of saucers <laughs> with the fire burning in front of him that has now filled social media for the last 10 years. Now, he comes up and he's got like three pizzas on him. And I, I was too lazy to go back. I thought they only ever got like one pizza. I think it- No, I think there's always been a couple. Yeah. I mean, okay, maybe that was just my lack of attention to detail, but... All right, we kind of coast. So, how do you follow that up with you? Kind of just like reset everything and the, let the audience suddenly have this jarring shift. Like, okay, that's done, and now we're in, into timeline six, where Abed goes down, um, where Britta eats the pies because she's completely high on weed, and admitting that to to Shirley, who's just like happy initially that somebody's eating your stuff, and then just horrified that. Britta's completely uh, in her happy place. So, Oh, you know what? I I said before that everybody sort of seems like they're having a happy moment and then it all crumbles anyway. When I thought that was when Pierce was gone, but it's not. It's when Abed's gone, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was wondering if... Got my timelines confused. It's okay. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah, it seems like this would be a good timeline. This is going to be a great timeline where... A lot of good things are going to happen. You know, Troy thanks Pierce. He genuinely thanks Pierce for the gift and, and Pierce or for uh, for being there for him. And like says Pierce, you know, I, I was always admiring that you made you were a self-made man or whatever. And I'm trying to get out there on my own just so that I can make it like you did. And you see Pierce like honestly touched yeah. and, and doesn't want to give the gift anymore because he doesn't want to upset Troy. I love that little moment. Like Pierce, even Pierce can have a very humanizing moment. 
That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shirley feels validated. Jeff and Annie get to finally suck face, uh, as the kids <laughs> called it. Like, no, we don't use that. Smush lips. Oh, what? Do, what do we call? Necking. Yeah. Does anybody? No. I, no. I never liked no. that term. Oh. That sounds like what vampires would yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Necking. Or like people with All really right. long necks, and they just wrap them around each other. Ugh, I don't like the mm. imagery. Mm-mm. My my fourteen year old son cannot stand watching people kiss. <laughs> it's anytime we're in a movie and somebody kisses, and it, I just spoiler alert: in the movies, people kiss kind of a lot. <gasps> uh, no, yeah, he will put his hands over his face every single. He's been doing this for years. <laughs> And so my wife and I were like, always call him over. Hey, Jeremiah. He's like, what? And then we smooch. And he's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. Yeah. Do you know, is it like a secondhand embarrassment thing? Is it? uh, Yeah, I think he just, he hasn't really, he hasn't discovered that yet. So he has no interest in it. He doesn't get it. And he, he thinks it's just really gross. He thinks it's just very gross and very awkward, and he doesn't understand why. Nobody else, none none of my other kids care whatsoever when they see people kiss, but he, since he was a little kid, just cannot stand it. Hmm. And it's been... Anyways, I don't think a lot of us could stand watching Jeff and Annie make out for too much longer. Yeah. Especially with the daddy thing coming up. (laughs) The bubble glum lip gloss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, goes as bad as it could go without with maintaining just a conversation. They both managed to miserably insult each other in about three sentences. <laughs> and uh, as uh, as Shirley says, or Britta says to Shirley, "You call me drug addict. You're a pie pusher. You push pies to get love." <laughs> Britta, you're awesome. That's awesome. And what is what is. Uh, uh, but what does Troy say to Pierce? I, 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 I demand to be housewarmed or something like that. Yeah, give it, Pierce. It I demand to be fun. housewarmed. I wrote that down as one of my favorites. <laughs> I like when they're wrestling over over the the present, and Troy's like, "You're so bad at gift giving." <laughs> <laughs> it feels fun. It feels fun. <laughs> That's good, and yeah, everybody ends up very surly, very angry, and awkward, and. Yeah, we get some big insults at the end. I think, what does Shirley say to Britta? You godless hippie skank. And then uh, uh, Troy says to Pierce, you're a sick, twisted old man and I hope you die alone. So, yeah, not the lightest timeline. <laughs> Abed, however, found a nickel in the hallway. Oh. <laughs> Good for him. Nobody else did. Uh, Good point. But he would. Yeah. Then we then we go to timeline seven where Abed realizes that Jeff's been scamming everybody because there's only you know he's been rolling a six sided dice and he would never have to go down for pizza, and so uh, that that's that's an observation only Abed would make. I like uh, he calls him a, a conniving scoundrel or something like that, and mm-hmm. and Jeff Jeff kind of takes it very good naturally. Like he just grins and he's been called out and he's like, fine, I'll go. I like that. This is this is the most I like Jeff in the entire episode. Is this me too? The the part where Agreed. he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> what is Abed says? I don't think you should roll the dice. Chaos already dominates enough of our lives. 
he has this whole speech about we're on a raft together and blah 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 but you know sounds good yeah, there you go I relate very strongly to Britta trying to figure out what the things are that you tie the, the raft together with and completely derailing his speech in the <laughs> middle of it ropes vines vines let him finish <laughs> yep felt that I think it would be vines, right? You have to dry, you know, tie them when they're wet, and then they'll dry out and get really tight. I makes sense to me. Idea. Sure, it takes a little while, but we've all made rafts, I'm sure. It's been a long time. And Thomas went on the Great River rafting tour of Australia back in, uh, you know, aught five. Uh, it's, it's quite the quite the news expedition, you know. That's not, not a lot of crops. three-year-olds were oh. <laughs> doing this. <laughs> Just imagine a three-year-old on a big saltwater crocodile. That's me. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Thanks. Hey, Rescuers Down Under was a legit awesome movie. <laughs> so, and I know they had a saltwater croc in that one. <laughs> I don't know if that's something we had in Australia. <laughs> You don't know your own culture. That's, That's the one problem. Just in for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the Are you saying adventures? Walt Disney was not from Australia? That Disney was feeding us somebody else's culture? How dare you, sir? How dare Let's you? Let's wake him up and ask. Okay. I like that Britta is finally allowed to sing Roxanne. Me too. She's not cut off. She can just belt it out, and they just—they have a dance party. Mm. <laughs> This is what happens when, when people get to have fun because Jeff's not there. Yeah, it feels more natural than the dance party we got at the end of uh, the Pulp Fiction episode. Oh they, yeah, they yeah, just, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, they really I look think, like they're just having fun here. Mm-hmm. Troy just shakes off his jacket. You know, he loosens up. I like that little bit, and they're just all getting into it. And then Jeff comes back. He doesn't. He's not joining in on the dance because, again, he's too cool. But he's smiling and he's just standing there and he's just kind of enjoying the moment. And yeah. I also maybe low key my favorite quote of the episode is when they realize what Jeff's been doing, and Pierce says, "It's called friendship. Look it up and Carta it." <laughs> and Carta. <laughs> wow. I like a little background detail I've never noticed before, but during the dance party. Pierce throws out the gift. He throws out the troll doll initially into a, a trash can, but it's too big. So then he opens up a window and tosses it out the window. Oh, nice. It's I didn't notice that. Thought, like, yeah. That's a really, yeah. Cause even, you know, for a second timeline, his, his Grinch heart grew three sizes bigger <laughs> and there you go. So yeah. Timeline seven, the best timeline. Sure. Let's go with that. But I also, what, what, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say the uh, the Roxanne thing. I feel like that's also a really nice like catharsis for the viewer after it getting interrupted five times in a row to finally just let them do it and it makes everybody happy because it kind of makes you happy too to let to let them complete the cycle, you know? Sure. Yeah, and this is another kind of Jeff episode where I can feel a bit of like the a bit more of Dan Harmon injecting himself into Jeff because I feel like this is very how Dan Harmon um, sees himself or, you know, used to talk about how he sees himself as like, you know, he was, uh, you know, 
always quite a clever guy, but like kind of like with cynical humor and kind of always worried he put people down too much and and maybe you know that's he sees himself as Jeff <laughs> in a lot of these, I think. Ah. Makes sense. And then we get the end credits, which I think are some of the most substantial plot-related end credits that community has ever done. Uh, you know, we've had funny end credits. We've had some that do follow up on what happened during the episode, but this is this is like almost key to the episode because it, um, it it really shows you what continued to go on in the darkest timeline and. I mean, it's obviously it's it's completely ridiculous and so over the top, but it's awesome. Uh, we find out just like Pierce A. Pierce died. Uh, <laughs> it, Jeff uh, somehow lost his arm, like from this tiny little fire that he's been whipping. <laughs> <laughs> lost his entire arm. I cannot imagine how bad it would have gotten for him to get his entire arm burned off. You saw how like. It was very awkward the way that they had to try to hide his arm in that suit coat. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite come off, but it's okay. Well, it's just for a scene. Uh, Troy lost his larynx because he tried to eat the troll doll that was on fire. Uh, Annie ended up in an insane asylum <laughs> out of guilt. Uh, Shirley's drunk, which I thought was like that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. To the the bar thing like yeah she she might have relapsed because of what happened and Britta has a blue hair streak <laughs> it's really affecting her <laughs> Abed's Abed's doing fine he's just making goatees over there he's doing uh, <laughs> the mirror universe thing and I, I love that his solution is you know we this is obviously the the darkest timeline. We need to get back to the the best timeline and take their place. I don't know if it's deliberate, um, but the, a lot of this strikes me as kind of Twin Peaksy. There's a lot of like Twin Peaksish references here. I mean, there's like the uh, someone loses an, has no arm and the arm becomes a character in Twin Peaks, and there's kind of bizarro dark versions of people that appear. It's ah, it's the the Black Lodge. Yeah, the Black Lodge. Like yeah, interesting. Huh? I never thought about that. That's cool. I like that Shirley takes the goatee and puts it around her bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that's kind of funny. I like that it starts with Shirley with the bottle, and she does immediately say, "Rest in peace, Pierce." But at least for me, like it took me a couple of seconds to to figure out where we were. And to go like, oh, so the end credits thing is normally not really connected to the episode. So Shirley just like fell off the wagon. That's really dark and that's not very funny. And that's, oh man, like that's kind of a a crummy way to end a really fun episode. And, you know, this is all going on in my head in seconds. But then it kind of pulls back and you realize slowly what's where we are and what happened. And then, yeah, then it just becomes a really fun piece of continuity. But I liked that it took you – they didn't start with Jeff with one arm. They started on something that is much more plausible compared mm-hmm. to the other things. Mm-hmm. Jeff is so angry. <laughs> I I just want to know about the blue hair streak. There's There's got to be a story there that we just never got. The world needs to understand her pain. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, there you go. That's uh, season three, episode four's remedial oh, chaos but then theory. We should mention. No, I, we're I done. Love the fact we're that done. We do. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the fact that we do uh, cut back to our Abed and Troy, and Abed has felt mm. a disturbance in the force. Uh, it, They're watching oh, Inspector yeah. Space Time. Yeah, and it it just kind of. Yeah, it's a fun implication that this is going to come back in the future, the storyline, and that, yeah, something has been permanently affected in the show's universe from this point on. I really like that about it. I, I also, a little very small detail, I love the fact that he's making the goatee, which kind of implies they can't really grow it themselves. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. think of that. Like, just... I feel that. Own, yeah. <laughs> Do you... Oh yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too, man. I have an abundance mm-hmm. of hair. I will send you, yeah, you know, some of mine. It just it's not usually a days. sentence you want to hear someone say. <laughs> I have yeah. an abundance of hair. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how the Mogwai and the Gremlins, you know, goes from furry to scaly when the Gremlin. I'm this kind is of the opposite. worse. You're making it worse. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to help. That's not what I'm here for. Um, I, this is the darkest timeline of the oh. podcast discussion. Yeah. There are other timelines where you're having a great time, Heather. We've never been disturbed by our conversation. Oh, yeah. so jealous. You're eating your favorite ice cream right now. Oh, man. Or maybe it's a timeline where we can't get enough of Justin's body hair. Oh, that's the <laughs> darkest timeline. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's his hair's dark. My, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my resemblance to Chewbacca, and we will uh, go somewhere. <laughs> we will go somewhere else. Uh, well, how about we go to our report card and just talk about what we think about the episode? And uh, obviously, a lot of F's are coming, uh, so just brace yourself for that. So, Heather. Us. You don't have to give it an F grade. Um, I love this episode. This is, as you heard me say earlier in the podcast, I it's my second time seeing this episode. My first time, I think honestly, this was the first episode of Community I ever watched. As I was telling folks before the podcast started, I, my husband and I watched this when we first started dating like 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. And he's the type that likes to look up the highest rated episodes and watch them. So we watch this and we watch the D&D episode, the first D&D episode. So coming back to it, it's kind of interesting. I had no clue what was going on, who any of these people were when I first watched it. And I was still able to enjoy it and have a really good time. And it's fun to go back now. And now I do know the characters and it affects me differently than I did before. But it's impressive how well it stood on its own. As just, I mean, you called it a bottle episode, and it really kind of is. I didn't have to know a whole lot about these characters coming in, and I still enjoyed it back then. And I still love it now. There's a lot of technicality that went into it that I really appreciate. It's very impressive. I give it an A. I've had Roxanne on a loop since I joined this thing, by the way. This podcast link. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, just gotta have that just gotta add that in there 
It's only right. Really, yeah. I don't really like the police, but you know, you, you have. I love thing. the police. Yeah, yeah, I do. So this wasn't a difficult decision. I guess I get maybe we watched uh, Moulin Rouge too many times, but oh, I've never seen it. Roxanne. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's. I thought I thought every woman was required by law to see that. Not movie. me. I'm not like <laughs> no. other women. Well, <laughs> no, I just I really have. You're learning. I, well, you remember I don't generally like musicals except the list of ones that I do, so it did not appeal to me. And I'm not. I'm also not a romance person. I don't like romance much. Like it's got to have more to it. So yeah, that's why I never saw it. Thank you. Um. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Why not? Do it. Throw things off. Okay. I think so we're yeah. Out of time actually. Yeah. Uh, Oops. It's <laughs> over. Touche. <laughs> Brute. Uh. Yeah. It's okay. What's that smell? It's just Thomas. Um. <gasps> no. <laughs> can't say that. Uh. Yeah. That's an obvious A. It's. It's always been such a good episode, and and I love that we're coming back and really examining it because it's it's an episode that I've always been watching just the same way every time and enjoying it the same way but it felt like this time just really pulling it apart actually kind of enriched my enjoyment of it rather than diminished it I was I, I loved it I loved looking at all the details I think what really shines about this episode isn't just the gimmick or the meta-ness it's I think it's a great character episode I think we learned something really important about each one of the uh, each one of the characters and it, it's reinforced by the fact we're seeing it multiple times and so by the time we're getting to some of the later timelines we're very informed about some of the earlier stuff and then they can build off of it and so it's it's very clever in so many ways and i'm sure it was a complete headache to write but it was worth the effort it's a great episode i love that we're getting to see troy and abed's apartment um I like that it's setting up something we didn't talk about, which is uh, they invited Annie to move in with them. Yeah. Uh, so that whole, you know, Annie living in a dangerous uh, place, you know, and they just kind of on their the first day that they've ever invited people over, they're kind of just throwing the door open and saying, yeah, Annie, why don't you why don't we have a girl come move in with us? Uh, us perpetual uh, man children. Who are living here it's like a peter pan wendy situation maybe being set up <laughs> so yeah everything i love the details in the apartment They're great quotes really funny jeff's kind of a jerk uh but you know he gets a little bit of redemption pierce is a bit of a jerk but he gets a little bit of redemption and surely gets her pies eaten in at least one of the timelines so it's a little bit of a win for her so yeah good stuff good stuff uh thomas what do you think yeah, I think what a great episode of the television show community this is. Um, like we've said, the amount it does in 20-odd minutes is just so impressive. Um, when I was like watching it and like trying to take some notes to remember some good bits, uh, I, I was like, oh, I've been trying to write so much and I checked and it was only five minutes in. There's just like so much in it. And I love all the, the details and the like misdirects it, it's got uh, like it it sets up so many things and some of them pay off and some even don't there's like the the brick that they bring in at the start and they're like this brick was holding the door open anyone could have come in and it, there are all these little... Troy's annoyed look at that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and 
there's like the of course the the boulder is set up as foreshadowing and the first time the buzzer goes off Annie like jumps and there's all these little details to just like add to this sense that something's gonna go wrong but you don't know quite what and of course many different things go wrong in a different series of uh, events as we go through the episode um, yeah so love it just great it's an A all right. Eeny, meeny, miny, owl. All right. Well, far be it from me to uh, to diverge from the group. Honestly, this I think this is an episode that, you know, like Heather said 10 years ago, her and her husband looked up the highest rated episode of the show and started there. And it was this one. So this is one of the ones that people talk about immediately when people bring up community. It's and maybe this is just the way my brain works is that I feel like it's so highly regarded that all I want to do is point out any little flaws or any little anything. (laughs) But I think that's because it's so easy to miss how good this episode is. You you almost take it for granted that it's an amazing episode. So you could you could just not talk about it. But no, this is it's top tier community. It, It really there's a lot to think about. There's a lot going on. There's lots of references. It's got strong character stuff. Um, and yeah, it's a standout for a reason. It's not just because the concept is, is neat. So yeah, no, A, easy, easy A. I think it also kind of showed that it, it could have a, a concept episode that doesn't have to be referencing some other pop culture meta thing. Mm. I mean, maybe from our perspective now, they're like, oh, they're just riffing on the multiverse. But people really weren't doing that in 2011. I'm not saying it's un- it was unheard of back then, but it wasn't like a Avengers staple uh, that it is, uh, or everything all everywhere all at once kind of thing that we're seeing now. So yeah, I, I like the fact that they could be very creative without necessarily having to go to a certain pop culture well to draw from. That that was that's pretty impressive. Uh, so there we go. Uh, I know you guys have missed us. There, the letter writing campaign was very touching. Uh, come back, community rewatching one hundred and one. Where are you, community rewatching one hundred and one? Uh, I will send you at least two of my children if you come back on the air, community rewatching one hundred and one. Please take your children back. Uh, we're not good parents of of these kids. It's just not going to work for us. But that we're said. Back. That the GoFundMe is still open, so if you would like to donate to make sure we stay on the air, please. <laughs> and we have a separate GoFundMe to take us off the air. Either way, <laughs> we want some money. Which so. one's going to win? Yeah, let your voice be known. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have one uh, third one to replace Thomas with uh, swimsuit models every week. So Yeah, I'm... I'm giving a lot of money to that one. Someone needs to join in with me. We're going to make it. And a fourth one to just put Thomas in swimsuits every episode. I put my money on that one. (laughs) (laughs) How many timelines do we need with all the GoFundMes? Uh, I don't know, but you can always follow us on Twitter at 101 Rewatching. Let your friends know. Just kick down their door and go, have you heard this? This amazing podcast. It brought me to tears this past week. Uh, yeah, let people know. That's all we're asking. Uh, and that way we can continue to fund all the swimsuits and 
uh, troll dolls that we need to continue on into season three because you know we're only in episode four. We've got we've got a ways to go into this amazing season. But yeah, this this is really the the first classic episode I would say of season three, and there are many to come. So awesome times ahead for all of us. You guys take care. Uh, in the meanwhile, I'm going to round up these toddlers here and we're going to get them but to Shirley's bed. Shirley's because... pies are almost done. Hey, no, I'm not tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what flavor of pie do you think they were? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe cherry. Mm. Not ketchup and cream I, cheese, I right? hope Gio. not. Ugh. She didn't state that. So I really hope not. Britta did say it tasted right. like a pie. So unless she's got <laughs> weird ideas of what pie tastes like. I think she could have been chewing on furniture and said it tasted just fine <laughs> at that point. So, all right, take care, y'all. We'll see you later.